Hello, this is David Clive Price, and you're so welcome today to the Asia Business Network Expert Series. Coming up, we're going to talk about winning in Southeast Asia business and how you can grasp the opportunities on offer in one of the world's most dynamic regions. And we have an awesome guest in the experts chair today. It is Paul Edwards. Paul had a long and distinguished career in the army, which included service around the world and as a defense attaché resident in Malaysia with similar responsibilities for Vietnam and Thailand. At various times, he has also worked in Singapore, Indonesia and Burma. He speaks Malay Indonesian and is an expert in relationship management. Now Managing Director of Strategic Effect Limited, Paul mentors and successfully enables companies to develop their exports, particularly to Southeast Asia. So we're thrilled to have him here today. Paul, welcome. Thank you, David. So, to kick off, I think we should look at a wider picture. Um, what do you think of, of ASEAN as that is the 10 member nations of ASEAN, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. What do you think of ASEAN as a market for British or Western businesses? Is it worth well, the effort? David, it certainly is worth the effort. And as you quite rightly said, it is a very dynamic place. Um, just look at the, the mix of cultures and people. And there is an excitement in doing business there, uh, whether living there or visiting. Um, and then look at the figures, look at what's happening. And I have been looking at ASEAN quite closely over the last 10 years, and it is moving very definitely in the right direction. And of course, it has a population of 620 million, um, and the demographics are good. Within that 620 million, let's take Vietnam, for example, some 50% are under the age of 25. They are moving forward. They are changing. They have a total trade of circa 2.5 trillion, driving a combined GDP which is not too dissimilar. And they are sustaining growth. This is not just a spurt. Um, it's been happening for some time, and if you averaged it out, it would probably be around 5%. Uh, but probably the most exciting thing is that as ASEAN is evolving to become a very useful common marketplace in Southeast Asia, with the added benefit, of course, now, of ASEAN plus 6, that is to say the associated countries of China, India, Japan, South Korea, Australia, and New Zealand, giving a sort of intra-regional uh, trade element. And of course, apart from the powerhouses, if you like, of Singapore, Malaysia, Burma, Myanmar is now opening up as a result of the gradual political change over the last five years, which I'm sure we've all been watching. It's not there yet, but it's definitely moving in the right direction. And uh, a lot of companies and countries are acting on that. And of course, ASEAN is rich with natural resources as well. But most importantly, from my point of view, uh, the future, and I'm talking about the near future, 
is quite exciting because, as you'll probably be aware, ASEAN has targets for market integration, which include free movement of goods and services, elimination of tariffs, free movement of skilled labour, uh, free movement of capital investment, and, of course, a harmonisation of the rules to provide a sort of single window for processes and procedures. So that is all hugely encouraging. And the other thing that comes out of that last uh, uh, piece of information, really, is that companies, uh, Western companies, whether they be in the UK, Germany, or the USA, for example, um, are now able to focus on a single country in ASEAN, but then branch out to the others because it is being made so much uh, easier. The other thing that I would say, uh, which makes ASEAN quite attractive, is their own perception of Western brands. Now, I often wax lyrical about the British brand and how attractive that is to various Asian countries. But there are other Western brands that are particularly attractive. And the USA, for example, has a number of really good brands which are popular. And, of course, uh, the European brands, particularly with fashion and, of course, the Germans with motor cars. So to answer your question, um, it certainly is worth the effort. Uh, it's an exciting market and it's an exciting time for that market, David. Well, thank you for that fantastic overview of the ASEAN market and the 10 nations plus six, which is a further gigantic opportunity um, with ASEAN as a platform, as it were, uh, for expanding business into all parts of Asia. Um, and... I wonder what you think, Paul, uh, is the most important enabling aspect of doing business in such an extraordinary region uh, of so much connectivity, uh, as you mentioned, using one market as a platform for expanding into another. What, what do you think is the most important enabling aspect of, of doing business there? For David, I, I think that, you know, as you will realise also, relationships are so important in yes. just about every country in ASEAN. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so relationship building is really the key enabler. And associated with that is getting the right partner, um, uh, whether that be an agent or a distributor uh, or a partner for a joint venture or whatever that may be. And therefore... Uh, my advice would be uh, to, get a, to get advice and to get proper advice and do, uh, do the homework. Now, there are many, many different directions that that can come from. So, for example, in the UK, there is the UK ASEAN Business Council. There are chambers of commerce, both here in the UK and I'm sure in other countries too, and in the ASEAN countries themselves. And again in the UK, and there will be equivalents for other countries too, there is UK trade and investment, and of course our own missions abroad. And those are all sources of good information. 
to take further advice and, where possible, to have an introduction uh, to a partner or representative in country, because really that is the first step. Yes. And then there are two requirements um, for relationship building. The one is with the, uh, the partner, because clearly that needs to be built. And there is another type of relationship which needs to be built with the potential customers. Well, relationships, of course, are not always easy to build. If you think of them purely in terms of business uh, in the immediate future, leading, for example, to a deal. Um, do you see there are particular aspects of building relationships in um, ASEAN uh, that are different, slightly different, or a lot different to, to the way that we make our own business relationships in Western countries? And is this an important factor for building up business going forward? David, it's hugely important. And as you know, uh, relationships are built uh, on trust and then confidence. Um, and therefore, there is a need, even in the early stages, to be very careful uh, about how that uh, progresses. And for example, even down to uh, answering emails um, and other communications. Uh, and again, uh, take advice. Because um, ASEAN and Southeast Asia is very much driven, as you know, by language and culture, uh, is extremely important because we communicate through both. Yes, and there are so many cultures, of course, involved with uh, 10 nations plus. Well, David, I, I can't think of anywhere else in the world where there is such a, a diverse and exciting mix of uh, cultures and languages uh, other than within the ASEAN grouping. It is really extraordinary. I was uh, at the other day reminded that Unilever has... Um, one product suite for uh, the US and the UK, two product suites for Latin America, and 10 product suites for ASEAN, for Asia. So, I mean, that tells you by itself uh, the amount of targeting to uh, local cultures and the differences in those lo local cultures, which I think a lot of people don't understand. They think of it often as a just one big region um, and and yet within that region uh, uh, there are so many different cultures, even within markets. Would you agree, even within markets? Oh, uh, absolutely, even within markets. And, and what you just said does not surprise me in the least, because, um, you know, there are many differences in language, languages, culture, religion, uh, what people believe in, their traditions, standards, how they expect people to conduct themselves, which in turn drives how they'll react, how long it will take um, for them to get back to you, how their decision-making works, and who does it, yes. often at the highest level. Now, that all needs to be taken into account when doing business in ASEAN countries. 
because networks, of course, are also imp important, aren't they? Within each of these countries and their different cultures and societies, and at the same time, networks that stretch out beyond those um, national boundaries to all the other nations in in ASEAN. I was in APEC uh, uh, at the APEC CEO summit in Bali a couple of years ago, and I remember going into the delegates hall and seeing this huge sea of people in business suits and national costumes of the different ASEAN nations because it was on uh, ASEAN and they were all meeting, greeting each other, trade delegations here, representatives there, business leaders there, all from the different countries, all shaking hands, exchanging the latest news. And it was a, a sort of uh, a, a reminder in one place of just how interconnected these markets are and I guess for for other for foreign companies how they must uh, get connected themselves um, plug into those networks because they after all are your local and your regional competitors out there um, they, they must do that and um, you know as we talked about relationships well a network is a network of relationships and uh, the more people know you, uh, the better, and that engenders trust and confidence, as we've said before. Uh, and people are more likely to do business with you. But also, you mentioned about updating. Um, it's also, obviously, a method of getting intelligence across the region, business intelligence, on exactly what's going on and, uh, and what people are thinking, what the latest is. Yes, I think you hit the nail on the head there, intelligence. Um, cultural intelligence, competitive intelligence, business intelligence. It's all to do with the groundwork, isn't it, as uh, the homework, as, as you said, uh, Paul. Um, I wonder if we could come to specifics for a moment. Let's imagine, because you have been in Malaysia um, uh, as uh, in the army and also doing business in Malaysia, and you speak... Uh, Malay Indonesian. I, w I wonder if you could give us an idea of how a business meeting, for example, uh, would function in Malaysia, what one should be aware of, how one would prepare for it, etc. Uh, well, David, I think once again, the common theme here is do your homework and take advice. Uh, and the first part of that homework should really be uh, about when to go and have that meeting. So uh, to the likes of you and I, we, we would find it, we would see it quite obvious to avoid uh, Ramadan. Right. As, as you know, uh, certainly in Malaysia, with a majority population uh, of Muslim, um, it, it is quite important. And uh, this month, of course, uh, on the 18th, Ramadan starts, 18th of June. Um, and that goes on for a month. But then at the end of Ramadan, uh, which this year finishes on 17th of July, uh, on a day in Malaysia called Hari Raya. Yes. That is a great celebration. Uh, they have a lot of open houses. That goes on for two weeks as well. So that is a time frame that one should avoid. It's not impossible to do business during Ramadan, uh, but it should be avoided. Uh, because it could cause embarrassment because they would not be able to entertain you in the way they would like. Uh, the other time, of course, to, of the week to avoid is certainly Fridays. 
Friday mornings is often possible if it's before 11 o'clock, but certainly not after that for various reasons. Um, research needs to go into who is attending. Who is the most senior? Yes, does, yes, does he, yes. Does he or she have a title? And uh, titles are granted as honours in Malaysia uh, by both the king and by the sultans. Right. Um, and they are very similar. Uh, so you could find that somebody is a dato or a datuk or slightly higher uh, dato sri or a tan sri all the way up to being a tun, which is the highest level uh, of award. That's quite important because it dictates how he, he or she is addressed. Because although uh, Najib is the Prime Minister of Malaysia, uh, he would be addressed as Dato Sri Najib. And when I speak to my friends, uh, such as the Chief of Army in Malaysia, I will call him Tan Sri. I will not call him General. Uh, and again, you wouldn't call uh, somebody Mr., if they are a dato, you would call them dato. So that's quite important. Yes, I think honorifics, they're all part of knowing the local culture all over Asia, aren't they? And um, they're all aspects of doing this homework, of getting inside those cultures, um, being able to give gifts at the right time, um, with the right colours, the right uh, numbers, all... These are all part of uh, the etiquettes that you, that you should know um, and that you should be ready to, well, indeed make mistakes with um, in order to learn. Um, but the most important thing, I'm sure you agree, Paul, is, is the readiness to get inside those cultures. So um, what do you think, there, are there any pit pitfalls that, we that uh, you would say you should be particularly aware of um, in a business context in the different ASEAN countries? I think um, in very general terms, um, I would say things to avoid, because they are total showstoppers, is don't cause embarrassment uh, or loss of face yes. intentionally or unintentionally. Absolutely, uh, yes. Because uh, that really can be a showstopper, along with um, being impolite or rude, which is probably uh, linked uh, to that, um, for a number of reasons. Firstly, they won't tell you, and certainly not in Malaysia, and I can think of two or three other countries, they won't tell you when uh, you have upset them yes. uh, by any of those. You simply won't be invited back. Yeah. And I'll give you uh, one example. Uh, when... Uh, for example, I was uh, present at a meeting, and it was a very large uh, company, and I won't mention the, the country either, but an ASEAN country. And um, uh, this was a meeting which everybody really knew what the outcome was going to be, and that is that for a variety of reasons, uh, the company could not do the work that the government wanted. Um, but at the end of that, uh, the very senior person from the government was extremely upset. Um, and he was upset because 
it wasn't the news that the company couldn't do it and they were withdrawing. It was how they gave that news, which was extremely blunt yes. and short. Absolutely, yes. I then overheard him say that he would not do business with that company ever again. So it is a total showstopper. Yes. That is why, although some people, and you and I have discussed this before, will put uh, culture and etiquette, etc., etc., on uh, further down the list. Actually, it's top of the list <laughs> because um, getting it wrong means that the business is not going to happen in the first place. Absolutely. Well, that's a really good uh, a tip. And I, this has been a really great conversation, Paul, and I really appreciate the time you've taken to do this. Just before I let you go, I just have one final question. What is the biggest... Uh, most crucial factor to bear in mind for doing business in Asia or preparing yourself to do business in Asia? Just I would say I would go back um, to the relationships and the yes. uh, introductions. And um, I, I would say the most important thing is to have a good introduction to a very good partner. It is essential to have someone on the ground who is representing your interests on a day-to-day -day basis um, and is able to subsequently advise you on how to avoid all of the pitfalls and to really get you, uh, your personal brand and your company brand, uh, really well, well thought of uh, in the country concerned and moving forward in accordance with all the business rules as well. Uh, which currently are slightly different, but hopefully uh, that will improve and harmonise under the current targets that ASEAN has set itself. I'm sure that's a really important tip that listeners will want to think about. And that's it for today, and I'd like to thank Paul for being my guest. And if you'd like to know more, please visit Paul's website at www.strategic-effect.com strategic-effect.com which is also there at the links below and listen in to more news and views on doing business in Asia at Asia Business Network Expert Series to which you can also subscribe on iTunes.